Bears, start your engines! Yellow's out, yellow's out. Bannon's just about out wrecking him. Benji busted her. So this thing, I think I forgot how to do this. I definitely have. <laughs> um, yeah. It's been a while. It's been how long? A while. Too long. Sorry, everybody. That's my fault. I'll take the blame. No, I don't think you should take blame at all. I think we've both been very busy, occupied with, I'm not trying to say the podcast isn't important, but life things are. Very important. More important. Importanter. Yes. <laughs> Um, but no, is it's really already almost April. Yeah. That's crazy. This year's flown by. I know. And it's crazy. Episode 33, my lucky number. Shout out. Number 33, me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll go ahead and get the episode started. The green flag is out. We're ready to roll three wide with DJG. Dakota, how you been? exhausted um so my personal life has been um i work at a financial institution and we were we're undergoing remodel so we had to move from one end of a building to another that took about a month and then the last day like so we opened the new office on wednesday so on tuesday i got my ass kicked um i'm still recovering from that um and then what else uh just been super busy with work and some other things um i'm just exhausted how is you i mean i really haven't done a whole lot but i'm also exhausted um really just work um work's actually been very slow it's starting to pick up finally um i just now got my first like legit project of the year and it's almost april that's exciting right but, I mean, it's just like nothing was coming in oh, until yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm excited <clears throat> to finally have something not, I don't know, something to do. Yeah. I mean, I had something else to do, but um, that's still in the works. But, um, celebrated the girlfriend's birthday during our break. Um, got some stuff ordered for the race car. Which is always exciting. That's always exciting. Um, nothing... Like, super expensive. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to play a big role in my performance this year. Hopefully, that's the goal. Um, what else? Trip go well? To Boston? Yep. Yeah. Um, it was very cold and snowy. Yeah. And driving in Boston is a nightmare. I bet. Well, so I was with my project manager, and he was like, I need... He was giving me crap because we made, like, three wrong turns. <laughs> right. And he was like, we're a block away from our hotel. <clears throat> He's like, I can literally see where we're going. Get me there. And I'm like, I'm trying. I'm like, <laughs> but the GPS on the phone's like, turn right at the light. And then when you get to the light, there's six roads yeah. to your right to, to choose from. I'm like, which one is it? <laughs> um, oh, boy. Yeah. So we decided that after the first day, we were just going to walk. Mm-hmm. Um. The sun was out at 6 a.m. We had to be on site at 6 a.m. It was very weird. We worked with the union workers. It's the first time I've ever worked with anything union. Um, the guys that we worked with were hilarious. Um, but 
we got everything done. It's all in place. Looks good. There were a couple of issues that we got fixed that I'm taking care of on projects going forward. But all in all, it wasn't bad. Um, I will say just a warning to everybody. If you have sinus pressure, don't get on an airplane. I experienced one of the worst pains I've ever felt in my entire life. <clears throat> so, like, I'm, I was very stuffy, and I still don't think I fully, like, recovered from it. But like, I was very stuffy, and we were flying. We had we flew from Indy to New York, New York to Boston. And the flight from New York to Boston was, like, 30 minutes. I was like, this is pointless. But anyway... We were on the flight to New York, and I was like, I felt the pressure in my right nostril, mm-hmm. up in my, yeah, and it was like burning almost, so I was like trying to just get it to go away. Well, finally, it went away, and as we started to descend, it popped up right over my right eye, <laughs> yeah. and worked its way all the way over the length of my eye, and I couldn't, like, keep my eye open because the pressure was so bad. I thought my eyeball was going to pop out of my head. It <laughs> hurt scary. so bad. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I didn't sleep a whole lot. I just, I don't know what it was. I just couldn't get comfortable. And, like, I haven't even slept very well at home. I just, I don't know what it is. But, and then come home. Then we have the time change. That f- screws everything up. Which I'm, you know, flash forward. Last year, I said whoever makes whoever wants to make this permanent, yeah, still feel that way. Yeah. Still haven't recovered from that either. No, it's just like you get used to the one, the way the time is, and then everything screws up. Yeah, um, I got my car, not my race car, my daily detailed. It looked really nice for a little bit. Now it's dirty, so I need to wash it, make it look pretty again. Yeah. Um, shout out to him. He does a really good job, dude. It looked fantastic. Yeah. He does great work. Um, he did mention to me something about a possible sponsorship, so um, I'll be looking into that in the future. Yeah. And I'll see if he's interested in doing more than one car. Yeah, or something. I'd appreciate anything. Yeah, absolutely. So more to come on that, hopefully. Uh, other than that, just living life. Uh, I went to Chuck E. Cheese for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I think in my life over the weekend, at least the first time that I can recall, and I hate it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm glad the I'm glad the kids had fun, mm-hmm. but man, it just creeps me out. Any fights between drunk parents or anything? No, but I was just like, mm. yeah, yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> hey, doesn't matter. The kids had fun. That's all that matters. Uh, so yeah, I guess we can go ahead and get into some racing news. That's what y'all are here for. You're not li- here to listen to us. Our personal lives. Uh, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, I'll let you hop right into it. All righty. Uh, this week in NASCAR closed out week five of the 36-week schedule at Atlanta Motor Speedway. In the truck series, Christian Eckes was able to hold off Nick Sanchez and John Hunter Nemechek, claiming his second career win in the truck series. Bailey Curry brought his truck home in fourth, followed by Ben Rhodes, Matty D, Chase Purdy, Timmy Hill, Matt Crafton, and Jack Wood running out the top ten. The truck race saw 11 cautions, resulting in 58 laps ran under yellow. Sounds familiar. I rock it with the soil. <laughs> um, following the truck race, the Xfinity Series hit the track on Saturday, also seeing a record of 12 cautions, resulting in 68 laps being ran under yellow. Despite the cautions, Austin Hill was able to hold off Daniel Hemrick and Ryan Truex. 
Parker Kligerman, Riley Herbst, Brett Moffitt, Josh Berry, John Hunter Nemechek, Sam Mayer, and Justin Haley rounded out the top ten. The biggest piece of news, which is also my favorite. I, I love this story, <laughs> and I cannot wait to see. Like, So I know – well, I'll let you get into it, and then we then we can discuss okay. it. But The biggest piece of news from Saturday was Josh Williams being told to park his car after debris from his car caused a caution shortly after the restart on lap 32. Instead of returning to the garage like NASCAR wanted him to, Williams parked his car on the start-finish line and walked to pit road. NASCAR ordered Williams to their hauler. Keep in mind, it wasn't off the track. Yeah. It wasn't like below the line where he parked his car. It was it on was, the track. It was on the track. And if I recall, <clears throat> the debris was bare bond. Yeah, so he had been involved in an accident earlier, and um, the whole front end was all kind of like blown apart. So they were trying to tape it all back together and whatnot, but it was very cold. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't sticking right, and when the moment he took off, a bunch blew off, and then when the green flag dropped, the rest of it mm-hmm. went. Yeah, but which I want to make a point about that in a second. <laughs> anyway, uh, NASCAR ordered Williams to holler where he stayed for over two and a half hours because they did not want to talk to him until after the race. Uh, there has been no word yet on what Williams' penalty penalties will be for his actions on Saturday. My favorite is before going to the holler, he said. Um, what are they going to do? Find me? I can't pay for it. Basically, is what he said. Yes, um, and I, I believe I believe Denny Hamlin responded to it and said, "I'll pay your fine." Yeah, and we might even see him go on the podcast. I know he is going on uh, door bumper clear. Yes, sometime soon. So no, I think it was today. Really? I think he recorded. They recorded today. Okay, I'm excited to hear that yes. <laughs> conversation. Um, I want to give NASCAR some crap here for a second. So they throw a caution for bear bond. You didn't know this. I just told you before we came on. There was a literal cat <laughs> on the track at Auto Club Speedway a couple weeks ago. Uh, it is with my condolences that the cat did, in fact, get hit and has moved on to another life. <laughs> but, it got sent straight to Jesus. Straight. Uh, straight ticket to Jesus Christ himself. Uh, you throw a caution for bear bond. I don't know. Maybe they just didn't see it running across the track. I don't know. NASCAR has been really good with throwing cautions in the past for animals on the track, but for whatever reason, they didn't see it, didn't throw the caution, and somebody has to live with the fact that they hit a cat. Rest in peace. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I have no words. I don't know what I would do if I... <laughs> the guilt... <laughs> I don't know what I would do. Like, shit. I'd be like... Peace and peace. I'd probably be mad because you know that probably did some damage to the front of the car, right? Probably. You hit a cat going that fast? I mean, it weighed at least a couple pounds. <laughs> I mean, I about hit a dog that was borderline a horse the other day going like 50, and I I got scared mm-hmm. just because I didn't want it to tear up my baby. Yeah. Hunter tore up his car. I heard about that. Did you see his, uh, sorry guys, tangent, did you see his insurance claim? I saw that your post about it, yeah. Isn't that funny? That's Was that his legit claim? I think he did submit it to insurance. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want... Should I discuss it here? Maybe not. I might post it. Um, it's hilarious. But um, back to Williams. Yeah, uh, I'm sure he's going to get fined. I know a lot of people said he'll probably get suspended. Hey, I would have probably done the same thing. I mean, yeah. Cause, I don't know. I see NASCAR's side, but I also see his. Like, I'd well, be very mad, too. Well, have you seen the comparison that, like, no shade to... Clyde, but like when he ran at the Roval, was it the Roval with his bumper hanging, his off? bumper cover was hanging off, and it caused the caution. 
nothing changes around here. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, his bumper cover was hanging off the car, and it finally fell off and caused a caution. He wasn't penalized at all for it. Right. So, so yeah, I, I, think, I think, well, we'll get into this later, too. I think NASCAR has had, I've said this before, I think NASCAR has a serious problem with inconsistency. And it must be just a common race thing. I don't know. Like it. <laughs> but this week, my point was this week is proving that NASCAR is very, um, I think, inconsistent with with some things. I do want to point out, I saw this post before I came over here today. It was Bristol because they have the dirt on the track. Yeah. They took a little sign and stuck it in the middle of the track in the dirt and said, uh, Josh Williams parking only or something <laughs> like that. It was That's funny. funny. That's funny. But I don't know. I think it's funny. Um, moving on the cup series hit the track on Sunday with great racing in the closing laps Brad Kozlowski who did an amazing job blocking both lines was unable to hold off Joey Logano coming out of four um, so Brad Kozlowski did not win this race <laughs> Christopher Bell brought his you know, you know. <laughs> yeah Christopher Bell brought his I'm going to print it off by the way and I'm going to hang it somewhere in here whenever I get the camera back uh, you guys will be able to see it and enjoy it as much as we do Anyway, Christopher Christopher Bell brought his Toyota home in third, followed by Corey LaJoy, which was his best career finish. Tyler Reddick, Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, Eric Jones, Ty Gibbs, and Kyle Busch rounded out the top ten. I want to say, I think the finish of all three races this weekend were pretty good. Yeah. I mean, very good. Um, One, I'm glad Parker Klingerman is okay because that looked like that was a pretty hard hit to the driver's side door. Yeah. And they didn't really address it in broadcast either. No. That I saw. Um, Larson took a pretty hard hit to the wall on the driver's side. Um, So, I mean, it's good to see that guys are okay. But I do think all three races, I mean, the Xfinity race was a nightmare to watch. But they finally got some good green flag runs put together at the end and made for a good finish. Mm -hmm. The cup race, I don't know how Joey Logano ended up winning that race. I thought for sure. I know... They mentioned that Brad Keselowski wanted. To, he said he wanted to be in second, coming to the white flag, and you know, I mean, we all know why. The super speedway style of racing, you don't want to be in the front. Yeah. Um, but he did a really good job of blocking up until that point, and I even thought he got that block off. But Logano just, I mean, and Logano got a massive shove from Christopher Bell when he needed it. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, what else was I gonna say? Oh, um. While we're on the topic, I'm, I don't know what other NASCAR news we have on here, but people are complaining about, I think it was Mike Joy making the keyboard <laughs> warrior comment. Yeah. And I'm just like, find something else to be mad about. Like, he doesn't have control over any of that. Right. <clears throat> and so, for those of you that might not know, um, people are pissed about the amount of commercials in a nascar race which i agree with i think it's absurd but you know they make a great point that like without the the commercials the broadcast isn't making money and most times they're not they're barely breaking even right so i get it um but it is absurd so i get like i get both sides of the argument um the only thing that makes me mad about commercials during a nascar race mm mm-hmm. I don't mind, like, the side-by-side, I'm perfectly fine with. Yeah. And I, but, like, my argument here is they don't cut to commercial 
in the middle of a football game or a basketball game, like while right. people are playing. Mm-hmm. But they do it during a NASCAR race where there's cars literally like racing under green flag conditions. And then yeah. you come back and you're like, oh, the whole field watered up. What happened? Yeah. Well, and that's why I'm like, I think caution, like, I don't know how they do it. I don't, not my expertise, but like, I think it would make more sense to do commercial break during obviously caution laps. But like, if they're pitting, I don't care to see the freaking pit stop and how long it takes them show the commercials then. Because like you're saying, you know, you don't, <laughs> you don't cut to commercial while somebody's making a freaking field goal. You right. Know what I mean, like, you know, it's like. <laughs> Like fourth and goal, Super Bowl, fourth and goal. Yeah, um, with two seconds left on the clock, they hike the ball, and there's a Lowe's commercial that comes on. You're like, what the heck? Or I need to try it first. <laughs> I'm so over that commercial. Um, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I get it. And then you know, people are like posing the question about like, well, what if we went move to like a streaming service? Would you pay for it to not get commercials? I'm like, I, sorry. I don't think NASCAR could bring in enough money. I mean, maybe. I don't if know. If you move it to Flow, where they have 500 other sure. things to watch, sure. Yeah, yeah. but I don't but think NASCAR could do it alone. I don't no. think they would bring in the amount of money that they do with commercials. So I don't think I'd pay for it. I honestly. don't think I would either. I mean, I would want to watch races, but like at that point, eh. Yeah. Um, before we move into the next topic, though, I want to ask you, I believe this is the second year on the new configuration of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I think it's very like early into the whatever. Uh what are your thoughts on it? I like it. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not I mean as far as me, it, like if it were to be me driving it, eh. But I think it it provides really good racing cuz it's it's super speedway like but it's not. Right. So like for example, how often do you see a leader cut a tire at Daytona or Talladega and spin out in front of the field? You you don't. Right. But it happened to Eric Almirola at Atlanta. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think it's fun. I, I agree. I, I just wanted to pose that question because I know there was a lot of debate after the fact. I don't like what they did to Pitt Road. Um, I get why. Yeah. yeah. But if you have to have a green flag pit stop, you lose two laps because two or three laps because mm-hmm. pit road starts on the entrance of three. Right. You have to hold that speed all the way around. And, mm-hmm. you know, you got people pack racing around you on this. Is What is it, mile and a half? Something like that. Yeah. Driving 190 miles an hour. Like, it takes no time. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I agree with that. But. I have to see why, because if you have people pack racing at that speed, you can't just cut off in the middle of the turn. Right. You know, I, I get it, but. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think of that. I, I've i just heard the debates around, like, oh, the old Atlanta was better, produced better racing, now it's caution-filled. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, well, I like the new reconfiguration, because so I think it's more challenging for drivers. But, I mean, like, <clears throat> yeah, and I'll compare it to last weekend's race, where everybody's complaining oh you can't pass you can't pass you can't pass i'm like that's not fun to watch yeah it's like oh you catch somebody but now you can't do anything with it right i understand that's just like with these cars i don't think that's something that's ever going to change just because everybody's so even and you know aerodynamics play such a huge factor and your car's really good and then you catch another car and you're in dirty air and it's like oh this is a whole new car and i can't do anything with it right so, yeah. you either 
build your car to lead, be in clean air, or you focus on dirty air, and then if you happen to get the lead, you're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are fair points. I just wanted your opinion on it because I know there's been a lot of discussion leading up to and I like it. I don't know what the drivers feel about it, but. I think it's also mixed between them two. I think some drivers like it, and there have been a lot that are vocal about it and not liking it. But, oh well. <clears throat> uh, we're going to move into the ARCA point standings. Um, I'm not going to read out what their total points. I'm just going to read That's them in it. order. Yeah. Um, we got local boy Greg Van Alst, top of the leaderboard. Congrats for, uh, yeah, congrats for your Daytona win. That I was, was amazing. I was so excited to see that. I was so happy. I was too. Um had a solid fin. He said, I mean, obviously off to a great start this season. Um, it's crazy to see that, you know, I've watched Greg run super late, and he's just a really small team from Anderson that's making it happen. Yep. I know he's got some good sponsorship backing him. Well, and I, I wasn't really familiar with his story, but when he won, they talked about, like, how he he raced short track racing, obviously. Um <clears throat> And he kind of, I think he did run ARCA before and then had to step away because the funding wasn't there. And so, like, he built up his own business, and that's been, like, a huge help for him. So I think it's cool to see somebody, local especially, showing everybody showing that every- you don't have to be yeah. a big team. And just, like, busting his ass to get what he wants. Because mm-hmm. um, they, have, they have a super speedway car, they have mm-hmm. a short track car, they have a what mile and a half track car. They also just got a road course car. So mm-hmm. he has four cars. Yeah. So that's exciting. Yeah. I'm very happy for him. It's cool to see some especially like his uh his comments after winning was like just guys a, like me amazing. aren't supposed to be here. Yeah. Yeah. I was like that's I'm glad because I was thinking about that too and I wanted to ask you about that. It was like, you know, a lot of drivers in NASCAR came from short track racing. And I feel like some of them probably seem to have forgot where they came from. So it's cool to see somebody, like, be honest and real about it and not forget well, where I mean, he came from. you got to think, you and I have never watched Greg Van Ellis drive on a track. I mean, unless we've watched ARCA. But, I mean, his super late model background, he doesn't race on a track bigger than a half mile. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and wins at Daytona. Like, right. that says a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, second, Connor Mozak. Third, Sean Core. Fourth, LeVar Scott. Fifth, Mandy Chick. Sixth, how do you, what's her last name? Blaken, I think. I'm not good with me. I don't know. Amber Balkin. I don't know. Balkin, I think. Something or other. (laughs) Uh, Jesse Love, Jack Wood, Jason White, Dale Quarterly, and Frankie Munez. Which I just think is awesome. I wish he was in the middle so we could say Malcolm (laughs) in the middle, but. Yeah. It's cool to see him be able to compete, though. Yeah, he, I mean, he was at Daytona specifically. He was running very well, and then he got involved in some, I think he got involved in something. Yeah, I think he got. I've slept since then. It's been a while. It's been a couple (laughs) months. Well, it's been about a month. But, yeah, he got involved. He had some contact um, that resulted Mm -hmm. in a wreck, so he did get pushed back a little bit. But, um, I don't know, being top 10 in your rookie year, uh, I think it's cool. Uh, on the NASCAR side of things, Joey Logano currently holds the lead, followed by Christopher Bell, Ross Chastain, Ryan Blaney, Brad Keselowski. 
Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, and Daniel Suarez. In the Xfinity Series, Austin Hill currently holds the, the top spot, followed by John Hunter Nemechek, Riley Herbst, Chandler Smith, Justin Allgaier, Sam Mayer, Sammy Smith, Josh Berry, Cole Custer, and Daniel Hemrick. How, sorry, <clears throat> how is Willie B not in the top ten? We'll get into that. Seriously. Oh, I know why. <laughs> yeah. Duh. <laughs> uh, finally, in the truck series, uh, Christopher Eckes. No, what? Christian Eckes, not Christopher. Christian Eckes, uh, Matt Crafton, Ty Majewski, Ben Rhodes, Zane Smith, Grant Enfinger, Matty D, Chase Purdy, Carson Hosvar, and Tanner Gray. I just want to point out Haley D can finish the race. In like 12. <laughs> yeah. So. Can we. Do you want to talk about that? I'm open for whatever. <clears throat> I. So. I won't name him because I get where he's coming from and I agree with him 100%. But we have a friend who texted us following one of her races where she wrecked out. It was like, basically, we were having a conversation about, like, I've always said I think this opportunity will make or break her career. Because if you can't win in Thor Sport equipment, I don't think you're going to go anywhere and win. Um, But he talked about how, like, there's so much pressure on her to do well. And I think that's going to hurt her career in the long run. Um, but I think <clears throat> I think that she just has a lot of bad luck. I was going to say, I don't think I don't she's think it's bad. her causing. Yeah, I, I don't think, think. Most of what happens, it's just she gets collected in it. Yeah. But it is unfortunate because I know she's probably hard on herself, obviously, for many reasons. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it's great to see her finish race. She finished 12th. Um, so I hope that this is like the swing in the direction of things and it'll be a better season for her but i would hate to see her regardless i would hate to see her like have this opportunity and it doesn't benefit her you know what i mean because i feel like i don't want to have that conversation but anyway i I do think that this is like she's definitely had fast trucks all year yeah like she's ran well yeah she's just always in the wrong spot at the wrong time i mean it was like daytona i mean she was running up front too until Mm -hmm. she got wrecked out or whatever so i mean she has the potential. I just hope that it doesn't cost her her career. Right. You know. I agree. But. Um, anywho. Yeah. The Truck and Xfinity Series will compete on Saturday at COTA, Circuit of the Americas, for those of you that don't know what that means. Uh, the Truck Series scheduled for 1.30 p.m. and the Xfinity Series to follow at 5. The Cup Series will hit the track on Sunday with their start scheduled for 3.30 p.m., and you can catch all the action on Fox and FS1. You want to take this next topic? Yeah, because I just had a total um, disappearance of my brain. Try to think, but nothing happened? Yeah. I'm it just was, it, no, that was one of those moments. Uh, so Hendrick Motorsports got a pretty, I would say, it's not a slap on the wrist. It, I think they said it's the biggest fine in NASCAR history. Yeah. That was, a, it was pretty hefty. Yeah. Uh, So following race weekend at Phoenix, NASCAR issued several penalties to Hendrick Motorsports after they discovered issues with the hood louvers on all four cars. Bowman, Larson, Byron were docked 100 points as well as 10 playoff points. All four crew chiefs were suspended for four races and fined $100,000, and each team lost 100 owner points and 10 playoff points. After the penalty, Bowman, Byron, and Larson fell outside the top 20 in points. HMS has filed for an appeal but would not appeal the suspensions of the crew chiefs. 
Uh, their reasoning for the appeal include louvers provided to the team through NASCAR's mandated single source supplier do not match the design submitted by the manufacturer and approved by NASCAR. Documented inconsistent and unclear communication by the sanctioning body specifically related to the louvers. Um, the recent comparable penalties issued by NASCAR have been related to issues discovering during discovered during a post race inspection. Justin Haley also received the same penalties. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean... So I, in total, the fines that HMS had to pay was $400,000. Which is just, like, insane. But, <clears throat> um, I don't know. Jeff Gordon has said that he's hopeful that the appeal process will work in their favor. Um... I was watching the broadcast prior to the race on Sunday and all the commentators basically said that like HMS did nothing wrong. They just had to, it wasn't like they were making adjustments to the car to like better their performance. They were doing it so that the parts that they got would fit the car. Mm -hmm. Um, Another issue that a lot of people have with this is that NASCAR let them practice with those parts and then confiscated them after practice um, and basically said, figure it out. Yeah. So I, Again, I think it's, um, I don't know, inconsistency with a lot of things at NASCAR, in my opinion. Yeah. So that answers my question why William Byron's not in the top ten. And I will say I didn't put it in there, but um, all three of them were in the top were in, were in the top five in points prior to the penalties being assessed to them. Um, didn't Josh Berry end up with a top ten that race? I believe so. I will note, too, that Chase Elliott... Uh, and Josh Berry were, did not receive any penalties. The crew chief did, um, but neither of them did because Chase, uh, if you don't know, has broken his leg. My leg! Um, and Josh Berry, being a replacement driver, he obviously wasn't fined anything. So, um, yeah, I hope Chase is well. Um, that must really suck, and I do feel bad for him, but I'm excited to see him come back. I just can't stand the amount of people that are absolutely like putting Oh yeah, him we down. need to have this conversation. Yeah. Yes. One hundred percent. The amount of people that are putting him down for doing something that he wanted to do outside of the race car that it didn't involve <clears throat> racing. So it was yeah. a snowboarding accident. Yeah. Correct? And he broke his leg and everybody was just like, Well basically like why is he doing that? Yeah. And and okay, so it wasn't like he just decided to go snowboarding. Like he's experienced at snowboarding, right? Um very experienced at it. So it's like, it's not like he just said, oh, I'm going to go try something new and then broke his leg. Like, he's done this for years. Um, also, it's like, it brought up the question of, like, are teams going to change their contracts to prevent drivers from getting hurt unnecessarily, right? But it's also like, okay, well, I could leave the track and get into a car accident and get severely injured and or die. My so plane you're me I can't drive? or Chase? helicopter that yeah. I'm flying to the track could yeah. fall from the sky. Yeah. Chase Elliott flies himself. He doesn't fly himself, but he does. He is a pilot. There are other drivers out there who have hobbies like that. That, I mean, so what? You're telling them that the lives that they barely have time for now just to give it? Come on. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're gone for 36 plus weeks from your family if they don't travel with you. Like, you're away from home for 36 weeks at least, right? So you barely have time to do anything. The little free time that you do have, you say, oh, I want to go snowboarding and then you just happen to break your leg give me a break and that's not including you still like regardless of whether you're not racing 
they still have to go to the gym yeah. and do driver all the, meetings. There's you still have. certain things that they have to do. Yeah. That it's just like let them live their life. Like you don't go work forty hours a week at your job and then do nothing on the weekend because you don't want to get hurt for your job. Like you still go home and you go out and have fun on the weekends because you're not at work and you don't have to be focused on work. Well, and I think that's just like a I, I don't think people the like when I say I hate NASCAR fans, it ain't like the it ain't like the people like us that like have an understanding or like can understand why things happen. It's like the people that don't know what the hell they're talking about where it's like, Oh, well he shouldn't have done that. I'm like, you don't like you were saying, you don't realize like you're gone. You're away from home and your family for 36 weeks at minimum, right? You, you race 36 weeks. Then you have the gym, you have, driver's meetings you have your obligations to your partners which means that you're doing pr all the freaking time you're probably traveling the country going to all these different little like these different companies that are partnering with you to do pr stuff so it's like you're barely home and god forbid a driver want to go do something somewhere where they're not going to get recognized by every person that's there yeah like i'm not saying that drivers are douchebags or anything like that but i'm sure it would be nice as someone who's well-known by everybody on the face of the planet, to be able to go enjoy something that you want to do without everybody being like, can I get a picture? Can I have your autograph? Chase, Chase, Chase. Yeah, And that goes for any driver, not just Chase. Right, but, but, but it just happened to him. Um, you know, it, I, I wanted to say that because I was watching an episode of the Dale Jr. download a couple weeks ago, and Chase happened to be on it. I think it was an old episode, I don't remember. But they asked him, like, you know, do you miss late model racing? And he's like, absolutely. Like if I had the time, I would absolutely go and race some of these bigger races. I just don't have the time. (laughs) And it's because they really don't. So it was like, he probably took a weekend trip to Colorado to snowboard. And it just so happened that he had an accident and it's unfortunate, but and yeah, this brings another issue into it. Cause then, you know, Chase is like, I don't have time, but then you have drivers like Kyle Larson who, you know, he goes race a cup race and then races six dirt races throughout the week and then goes back to a cup yeah. car. But, I mean, each driver is different. They have different obligations. Well, and yeah, and he makes it clear, like, Chase is like, you know, I race a lot. And it's like, the he, he said, like, not word for word, but basically said, you know, I race all the time. It's my job. So if I want to do something in my free time, it's probably not going to be racing. You know what I mean? Like, Imagine basically doing your job <laughs> all the time. You don't want to yeah. do that. I'm going to go sit at my desk 40 hours a week and design stuff. Yeah. Then I'm going to come home on the weekend and design stuff. Yeah. Like, okay, sometimes it can be fun. But, like, when I'm at home, if I'm on my computer, I don't want to design <laughs> something. I want to play video games. Right. And, you know, he, he, he that wasn't just his reasoning. He also said, you know, like... Chase is very hands-on, was hands-on with the cars when he was racing late models. Um, and he had a specific group of guys who worked on his stuff with him. And he would want all of those people back together. And with him not having the time and with people having lives, it's just that's why he doesn't race much mm-hmm. short track racing. But mm-hmm. regardless, again, I wouldn't want to do my job basically 80 hours a week let alone I'd 40 go more, i'd go more than that for some right. of these guys right but that's what i'm saying it's like imagine doing that for what is it basically from february to november 
your racing. So then you get December and probably the first half of January off to do something. And it's even like, then you're still in contact with your team. They're yeah. like, hey, we're doing this, this. Like you're still having meetings and like it's not – you're not just free of your yeah. obligations. You and still- I, Yeah, that's the point I was trying to make too. It's like I think people um, – lack common sense and just think, oh, you go and race on Sundays and then the rest of the week you're just not doing shit. Exactly. I'm going to compare this to, like, football. So, like, everybody knows that a football team, you play on Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whatever, but you also have your practice on days that you're not playing. Right. They just assume, okay, you drive a car, you turn left, you don't do anything during the week, you just come get in the car on Sunday and there you go. But, I mean, that's not the case at all. Right. These guys put in hours at the gym, hours on the sim. I'm sure they go to the shop and, you know, they're like, they talk to the team. I want, I would like this. I would like the car to come off the trailer like this. Trailer. Hauler. Sorry. Yeah. Poor people terms. Um, the, but, <laughs> the open the open trailer out yeah. here. Um, but, I mean, you know, just because they're not on TV racing doesn't mean that they're not doing something pertaining to their job right and you got to think like as far as i know most weekends they're at the track on thursday Mm -hmm. because you have to practice leading into the race day so i don't know it's just it's like that that conversation pissed me off and like kyle i think kyle bush even said like you want us to just get wrapped up in bubble wrap and not do anything like it can happen doing anything i fell down the stairs at a hockey game did i tell you that no what if i (laughs) I'll tell you later. What if I was a race car driver? I fell down the stairs and I broke my leg. Are you going to tell me that I can't take the stairs anymore? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, grow up. Exactly. And get a freaking clue. I mean, it's like. It's so weird to me that, okay, you have professional athletes that make millions and millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And then they want to go do something with those millions and millions of dollars. And then they get crapped on because they're doing something with their money. What's the point in them making all this money if you expect them to just sit at home and do nothing? Well, and it's also, like, maybe not so much in NASCAR, but, like, I've seen it in other aspects where it's, like, people feel like they're owed, like, something from, like, their favorite celebrities where it's, like, I want to know what you're doing all the time or, like, I want you to, like, address us all the time and, like, give us an inside look to your life. And it's, like, but the moment that they go and enjoy themselves doing what they like doing and you know it, And it's like something happens, you're like, can't do that anymore. You know what I mean? It's just so weird. It's annoying. Fan behavior is weird. Very. I think that's what it is, basically. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't say. And then, like, for them to be like, well, is the team going to change their contracts? And all the owners are like, no. It's like, why would I tell my driver what he can and can't do? Outside of the little time out of work that he gets. You know what I mean? It's just wild. It's fried. Um. More penalties were assessed to another driver. Um, Following the Cup Series race at Phoenix, Hamlin hosted an episode of his podcast where he admitted to intentionally wrecking Chastain. NASCAR would go on to fine him $50,000 and dock him 25 driver points. NASCAR cited the reasoning of the penalty as behavioral, which included attempting to manipulate the outcome of a race, wrecking another vehicle, and actions... This is funny to me. Actions detrimental to stock car racing or NASCAR. Um... Keep in mind, his podcast is literally titled Actions Detrimental with Denny Hamlin. <laughs> um, Hamlin, who was originally not going to appeal, later announced that after much consideration, I've decided that I will appeal the de- 
the decision by NASCAR to penalize me. What happened on Sunday was common hard racing that happens each and every weekend. There is also no manipulation of the race nor actions detrimental to the sport. I I don't particularly agree with this penalty that Denny Hamlin received. I don't either. Um, one, I like Ross Chastain, don't get me wrong, but we've seen the way that Ross has raced Denny in the past, and whether some intentional, some not, whatever it is, um, they have been involved in a lot of stuff together. Which have also, those actions have lacked, in in, in my regulation, uh, lacked penalties yes. for Chastain. And I don't even necessarily feel like Denny did anything wrong. Like, he didn't wreck him. Right. He didn't turn him into the wall. Like, he bumped him a couple times, Yeah, I believe. like that's I think he also I didn't watch the replay or anything, but I think he did say something about intentionally putting him into the wall. Like, just forced him up high. Well, because he said, he's like, if if I'm going back, like, you're coming with me. I know that that was said. <laughs> right. But, I mean, I don't necessarily see. Well, and I want to say, I think this is on the flip side of the coin we were just on about, you know, drivers being able to do anything out of their car um, is that, you know, people want drivers to be more real and raw. So it's like when a driver finally speaks his mind and says his point of view and it's like penalized. It's like, I know a lot of people are talking about like, is NASCAR right to do this? Is there like a time limit where, you know, after Sunday, anything that's said after the fact, you can't, you can't penalize. It's like, how can you expect drivers to be open and real with people, with their fans, if they can't speak their mind? Right. And that kind of stems from the issue with the next-gen car, people getting hurt. Yeah. Nobody felt like they could say anything because NASCAR is just kind of like, shut up. Yeah. So it's just, uh, it's interesting to me. It's actually BS to me, to be honest, because if I was a NASCAR driver, I would want to be able to speak my mind. Um, and I don't know. I just feel like you like, yeah, should you wreck somebody intentionally? Probably not, but it it is a physical sport and it's uh, in itself. And, you know, people get in the heat of the moment. It's like, imagine going to Mount Lawn, right? And like somebody getting into a fight and then, or, you know, like I put you in the wall and they asked me about it. I'm like, no, I didn't do it on purpose. And then we come on the podcast Monday and I say, yeah, I did it on purpose. And they're like, you can't race here ever again. You know, that's a big stream, but like, it's just like, to me, that's like the same thing. Right. It's like, are you freaking kidding me? I don't know. I don't like it. I think NASCAR is wrong here and I hope he wins. I do too. <clears throat> I'll just take this one. I know you're excited about it. Yes. Uh, so Harvick has some news about his all-star paint scheme. Harvick and uh, SHR have announced that he would bring back the number 29 paint scheme. He ran in 2001 when he won his first race at Atlanta. Harvick said, with this being my last year as a Cup Series driver, we wanted to highlight a lot of these moments, and many were made at RCR in the 29 car. He went on to say, with the All-Star race going to North Wilkesboro, a place with a ton of history, we thought it made sense in a year full of milestones and moments to highlight where it all started. I love this. I do too. I think, I mean, obviously, I don't, it'd be hard to do, but like with, with the number change, obviously, but like let, with the all-star race just let people run like old paint you know how like we did with iraq we did Mm -hmm. you know everybody ran the old school like i think that should be i think everybody should do it 
I know you, you, you like with the number changes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know, like if someone wants to run the old 43, like, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, the 88 UPS car, like. I agree. You know, just, or if you someone wants to run Mark Martin's old number six Viagra car, <laughs> like, come on, Brad Keselowski. Right. Win that race. <laughs> Move that bus. But you know, you, see, you know what I mean? Like someone wants to run Earnhardt's old number eight Budweiser. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I think it's cool. I think Kevin Harvick's career is one of the most interesting. Because, and I would say even respectable, because, you know, he got his start as a result of Dale Sr. dying. Literally. And so... I couldn't imagine being young Kevin Harvick, basically. Being I'm, like, a, I'm you only go. racing because someone died. Yeah, <laughs> like the the greatest driver in our sport was killed in an accident, and now you're being tapped to replace him. It's like I couldn't begin to imagine the pressure he was under. Right to essentially like, fill the shoot. I mean, it's not, yeah, and I mean, it's like you know how they talk about like how can we move on with him being gone it's like how does the sport come back i think a lot of that weight was on junior but also kevin harvick i think that's fair to say mm-hmm. and so it's just an amazing career um i i never thought i would see the day honestly because i don't think about drivers retiring where kevin harvick was like i'm out you know what i mean it's just crazy i want to note his entire change in his attitude this year just like okay so he was up front Yesterday, and I don't think Ross ever touched him, mm. but he got spun from the lead, and he came over, and he's like, I don't think he really even touched me, blah, 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 whatever. It's racing. It's just one of those things, whereas, like, any other year, he'd have been like, rah, 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 rah. Yeah, I mean, he... <laughs> he's like, I don't care. I'm done after this year. I was, yeah, I was on YouTube the other night, last night, actually, and I was watching, like, the compilations of, like, different drivers with... It's like uh, Kevin Harvick... Tampers, tantrums, and arguments, whatever. I watched his clip, and it was just like he was a little firecracker too. Like most was it of them. was it last year, or the year before he like broke his glasses with his helmet on the top of his car at Bristol. Yeah, <laughs> because of Chase. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It sucks to see him go, but I mean, what a career! I think this next bit of news is insane. That like it's still an issue. Um. Yeah. Uh. I'll take this one on because oh, I you. just think it's all right. <clears throat> Uh, on March 14th, the Fair Board Commissioners voted in favor to move forward with plans to renovate and expand Nashville Fairground Speedway. The plans, which include a proposal from Bristol Motor Speedway to renovate and lease the track past 3 to 2 after more than four hours of discussion. If implemented, the renovations would include a 30,000-seat stadium, upgrading the racing surface, excuse me, and installing sound absorption technology. There were several people in attendance this Cracks me up. There are several people in attendance who wanted the board to vote no, citing concerns about noise, pollution, and another large entertainment site in a residential area. The proposal will now move to the Metropolitan Sports Authority and the National Metro Council for consideration. When I read that about another large entertainment site in a residential area, it took me back to a couple years ago when someone said, I hope your dog on the floor. Because you bought a house next to a racetrack. It's the same fate that, um, actually, I don't know if you saw this, Cletus. Yes, with the Freedom Factory. Yes. It had to go in front of the the county commissioners, I think, to basically beg them to not 
um, change the zoning around the track so for they, houses. They were going to change the zoning and put up like a big berm or something, like yeah. a wall to block sound. And we're like, he's like, it's not going to block it. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, I've, I drive on 465. Yeah, they have big walls on both sides. It's literally just a sound barrier. Mm-hmm. But you know, those people that live right backed up to 465 like that hear everything. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. I mean, it maybe helps a little bit, but you're still going to hear when you have, because the, they have, the racetrack, and then isn't there a drag strip over there too? Or I, yeah, I think so. And so, like, you can't tell me you're going to get a three thousand horsepower car to be quiet because you put you put a mound of dirt there. When it's like, why the audacity to want to build a house next to a racetrack and then say, "Get out of my backyard"? Yeah, I'd, it's like, are you kidding me? I don't know anything about government or you know if this is already a thing, but there's got to be something put in place to protect racetracks or entertainment venues yeah. like so. You know, it's like this was here first; it's still in use. I understand if it's a situation where it's like, you know, oh, this track hasn't that no one's ran on this track in ten years. Yeah, sure. But if it's like something like okay, Cletus owns it. He's been using it. He's hosting events there. Yeah. <clears throat> and you want to move in, like build a house and move in, like that's your fault. Well, that's how I feel about Nashville. I mean, that truck's been there for over a hundred years. Yeah. And pe- I mean, like I love Nashville. The one time I went, I loved it. But like, I just couldn't imagine moving. <laughs> that's like moving. I mean, Clips right has their curfew but it's like me moving there and being like i hate the music so close it down you know what i mean it's just like unreal. i bet you quit complaining about it and just go to the racetrack and enjoy it or just f- off <laughs> and don't move there <laughs> like you know what i mean it's just like it is absurd like i i always wonder like what goes through somebody's mind and then it's like that lady i don't remember everyone was dogging her on twitter and i thought it was hilarious and i she got what she deserved but i'm like I don't remember if she was living there before and then she got worried about NASCAR coming because they're louder or what. But I'm just like, this is a good thing for your city. Like, you don't, do you not understand that like the revenue from this track is going back into your community? That'd be like the people of Indianapolis being like, well, we don't want the Indy 500 here because it's too loud. Do you realize how much money that brings into the city of Indianapolis? Yes. That's like saying, I mean, I don't know. I, I just don't get it. And another thing that cracks me up is the people that are complaining about it. Some of the terminology that they use, you're like, this makes no sense. Yeah. I'm like, just don't live there. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Move. Go away. Move on the other side of town. I don't give a shit, but like, fuck off. <laughs> like, or just put like sound dampening stuff in your walls. Or just don't live there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but. but. But yeah, I get it. But it's just like, it is so absurd to me. Like, just like. Get a f***ing hobby. Like, the problem is... <laughs> we need to be like China and have a like a, a child limit. Because... An IQ limit, maybe. Like, <laughs> if you're too fucking stupid, they need to, like... I, I, no, I that was a joke. I don't, I don't think that at all. But... <laughs> no. Just kidding. I'm kidding. But you have all these tracks that were built way out of the way of everything when they were first built. And now... Everything's becoming well, so residential that yeah. they're building housing additions everywhere. Well, and that's the problem, too, though. It's like, you know, Nashville, Indianapolis, like Indianapolis 
Greenfield has been affected by Indianapolis now. Where Greenfield's turning into Carmel. Yes, and and it's going to keep moving that way, which I think personally may be a good thing because, I mean, that's just more money for the communities. But I hate going to Greenfield yes, now because it's yes, so yes. busy. And I almost hit all the medians. But, like, Pendleton is the same way, right? Like, I work in Pendleton, and they're anticipating, I heard, because my branch manager is involved in local government in different ways, was, like, Pendleton's expecting to go from like fifth. I think how, there's like five thousand. I don't remember. Don't quote me on this. Anyway, in the next ten years, Pendleton is going to have thirty thousand people. Is what they're expecting, right? Pendleton is a little tiny town. Um, it's I think really it's really not that big. No, and I think it's less than Newcastle actually. So anyway, so go from like let's say Pendleton is like six thousand people. I don't know how true that is, but anyway, six thousand people to thirty thousand people in the next ten years. It just keeps coming. So it's like Mount Juan. You know, in the next hundred years, if Indianapolis, we're living on the east side of Indianapolis, where we where we are right now, the podcast I mean, honestly, is honestly with side. it being in Greenfield, it's not that far away, right? And so it's like it's going to keep coming, and then it's like people move in by Mount Lawn and say close it down because it's too loud, and I hate race cars. It's just like we were here first. Put earplugs in, go to sleep. Well, just don't, just don't live there. <laughs> like find a house elsewhere. You know what I mean? It's just like I don't get it, dude. We need to we need to reach out to these people. And be like, can you come on for a statement? Just tell us what your logic is here. Absolutely. Why are you being a? Absolutely. Anyway, off that tangent. Um, I'll let you take this one because I suck at names. Yeah, I'm gonna butcher some names. Or here, so. or we could just say congratulations to our one driver and move on. I'll I'll, I'll try it. Okay. Uh, so the Alan Kowicki driver development. <coughs> Excuse me. Top fifteen. Uh, the Alan Kowicki Driver Development Program recently announced their 2023 Top 15 Drivers. Jackson Boone, Jacob Borst, Kyle Campbell, Max Cookson, Derek Gluchaki, Gluchiki, Cassidy Hines, Kylie Ith, Caden Quapple, Kenna Mitchell, Boston Oliver, Hayden Plyven, Evan Schottko, Riley Stingham, uh, LaVon Vandergeest, Geist, Geist, whatever, and Hunter Wright. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they were announced as the top 15 for the Alan Quickie Driver Development Program. The next step to determine the seven finalists will include interviews with board members and a vote from the advisory board will be held after. The seven finalists will be announced during the first week of April on Racing America. So excited. Congratulations to Hunter. Yes. Uh, I hope that he gets into the seven. Um, it'd be a huge deal for him, and uh, I'm excited for him. I mean, I don't mean any disrespect to any of these other guys, but I haven't heard of any of these other names. I mean, I can say the same thing, but I also don't. I haven't been paying much attention to short track racing recently because. Yeah, I've been but busy, I mean, but, Hunter races in our area. That's why. Um. Well, and obviously Jackson Boone. Yeah. Um. But Caden Quapple. I know Quapple, but I don't know if it's Caden, the one that. Carson is that's what I thought but anyway congratulations to all of them uh really rooting for Hunter um go team go team go okay take this one because <laughs> I know you're excited about this one too um we got UFC and dirt racing also well we'll go through I'll let you go through it first but I want to bring up some like concerns that people had on Twitter so if I'm not mistaken here so it's has to deal with Ashton Winger dirt late model driver and his dad and I believe the guy who was fighting was Ashton's former car owner. Yes, which <laughs> I didn't know that until I put it in the notes because yes. I was reading on it. I was like, oh, sh-. 
so on March 11th, Ashton Winger and another competitor had an incident on track during the Southern All-Star Series. The other competitor happened to be his former car owner. Uh, Winger made contact with the other driver, causing a spin. The other driver then rammed into his rammed his car into Winger's prior to leaving the track. Uh, the other driver then made his way to his trailer, where Gary Winger, Ashton's father, entered the trailer with a hammer. Gary allegedly struck the other driver multiple times in the head. After the two were separated, Gary was arrested. A second fight broke out between Ashton and a member of the other driver's team. Both were then arrested. The driver attacked by Winger's father later said that Ashton used to drive for his team prior to being fired for fighting with other drivers. Ashton and Parker were both released on a $1,000 bond. Gary was also released from jail on a $50,000 bond. Gary was charged with burglary and aggravated battery. Both are felony charges. Ashton and Parker... Or, yeah, Ashton and Parker were both charged with disorderly conduct, which are misdemeanors. Now, if I'm not mistaken, um, the other driver didn't just hit him once. Mm-hmm. I think he did it like three times. Yeah, that, that, that information was not present in my research. Unless, but Unless I'm thinking of a different incident. So I know that there was a spin, and then he literally like hit him like three times under caution. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I do remember seeing that on Twitter. Yes, yeah. you're right. Yep. So, um, yeah, and then they just uh, tossed the gloves and duked it out. And, I mean, the video is on Twitter. I'm sure it's everywhere. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if that this is, I don't think that's the initial fight. It's with Ashton and the guy after the fact that his dad was arrested. Yeah. I believe, but... Wild stuff going on in the racing world. Uh, (laughs) We have a crossover between dirt racing and UFC. Yeah. Um, I saw somebody on Twitter, which I don't, I don't really have an opinion on this, but they were like, you know, you could talk about the fight all you want. You could share the videos, but the mug shots, you can't do that. You can't post that. That's crossing the line. They were like, I would hate to see my dad, his mug shot on Twitter. It would cause me emotional distress don't do stupid stuff what's your th- <laughs> i agree but like i wanted to know what your thoughts were because i'm like are you kidding me it's weird though because some it's people, fair game to me because some people are like put my mugshot on t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> and other people are like don't don't share it i don't want well i mean okay if you don't want it shared then don't do the crime don't do stuff like if you didn't do something stupid your mugshot wouldn't exist don't beat somebody up with a hammer stop hammer time <laughs> I'm just saying, it's just like, are you... No, I, I don't... It is absurd. <laughs> it is. I get it. I would be embarrassed. But I mean, I wouldn't insult somebody with a hammer. You know how I am. I always apologize. So I'm not getting into fights at all. But, I mean, if I was to do something stupid, I wouldn't be like, please don't share my mugshot, because that's embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, everybody saw the fight anyway. You, you should be embarrassed for that. Like, the yeah. video's all over the internet. Yeah. God forbid. Like, and the problem is, is like everybody knows you got arrested. Everybody has access to look up your mugshot anyway. Yeah. And I don't know. I was just like, come on, guys. What is happening? I think it's an opportunity to sell some merch, if I'm being honest. Um, <laughs> I agree. Would I do it if it was me? No, probably not. I, I have a little bit more class than that. But you got to, in motorsports, you have got to like jump on every opportunity you have. And if it makes money, go for it. I mean, there are a lot of people that believe bad publicity is still publicity. Oh, for sure. So, I, I would agree with that sometimes. Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, that's what it is. We want to get the, you know, someone lost their rig on a t-shirt. We have yet to do Man. that. But that would sell. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. I support the mugshot. Uh, so, do we want to talk about 
So, yes. Hickory, yes. Um, I took some really crappy notes. So, I guess I can read them off and then we can kind of just discuss if you want. I just want to point out um, before <laughs> before we go into depth in this, um, there was a tweet. Uh, it was... So this this whole situation involves Landon Huffman mainly and a lot mm-hmm. of a couple other drivers, but Landon's kind of the one that spoke out about it and posted it on the internet, and so that's where we're kind of getting a lot of our information from. Yeah. Uh, so Huffman Racing shared a tweet saying that their paint was available to run on Trading Paints on iRacing, and Trading Paints account quoted the tweet and said, "You can run it everywhere except Hickory." <laughs> <laughs> That's and funny. I thought that was funny. Um, yes. So as Jarrett was uh, alluding to, this incident took place at Hickory Motor Speedway. There were three drivers involved in this incident. Um, I think Cade Brown was one of them, but I have not heard anything from him or his team. Landon Huffman, who's been very vocal about it. And then I couldn't think of the other one when we were talking about it. The other one was Doug Barnes, who has been very vocal about it just as much as Landon has. So I watched Landon's video first, took, you know, his video was like 12 minutes long. I think they were both pretty short. Um, but I watched Landon's first, and then I watched Doug's. And so I'll go through the three bullet points that I had for Landon's video and then move into Doug's. So Landon said that after a couple of days had passed, he had spoke with track promoter, and the track promoter took fault for poor communication. Um, Landon agreed that the rule would be beneficial but that it needs to be written down and properly communicated with drivers and teams. Uh, He said in closing that he will continue to race at Hickory to fulfill partner and fan obligations. He also mentioned wanting to, uh, he had goals of defeating the track championship, which he won last year. Uh, He also made it clear to fans to keep showing up regardless if they like management or not, because at the end of the day, uh, the, the, the one piece that suffers when nobody shows up is the track. Um, that was kind of his main points that he made in the video. I then went to Doug's video, and he said that he was uh, not allowed to race. Um, so there was like a race one and then race two. It was like twin 25s, Yeah, and you had to run at least 20 laps in the first race to be able to race in the second, and that was never properly communicated. Properly communicated. So um, a couple of these teams did not make the 20 laps of the previous race, and were allowed to grid for the second race, mm-hmm. and then once they got gridded, and I think they were even on track, they kicked them off. Yeah, basically. So I think the I think the lap counts for both races were actually forty. Oh, um, is what Doug said. So he said, um, "Sorry, no, you're good." He said they weren't allowed to race. He said that they were told that they could only start and park. Um, the rule that the track cited was that they had to have a minimum of twenty laps on tires to compete. So they would have had to run a minimum of 20 laps in the previous race to make the next race. Uh, Doug wrecked out on lap three. So he only had three laps on tires. Uh, He destroyed the car, by the way. So he said between the first race and the second race, it was like a two-hour downtime. And so his team was hard at work getting the car repaired. They were able to barely get the car back together for him to make the second race. Um. He also, I noted this, he also posted the entire, the entire driver's meeting. Uh, he pinned it in his um, bio for his video. I did not watch it. Um, but he says that the rule was never stated in the driver's meeting. 
Um, but on the flip side of that, uh, the track announced in their statement that they released on social media that they did, in fact, say that during the driver's meeting. Um, Doug said that when he was told that they could only start and park, he pulled up basically to the pace car um, because that's where Landon and his team was already at. Uh, he said that once he got to the pace car, the driver said to him that the rules never stated and that the track promoter would not meet with drivers to discuss this issue. Um, at one point, Doug said that he was threatened to be arrested. Um, I don't know how true that is, but that's what he said. Um, and then he said later on in the race, a police officer approached him, which I believe this, by the way, I'm not saying Doug's a liar. I think he probably was threatened with arrest, but I'm not getting into that. He said that eventually a police officer would come up to him and tell him that um, the track promoter would uh, agree to meet with one member per team. Um, but when he got to the office, he was told that there was no phones or cameras allowed so that they couldn't record anything. Um, Doug Dude, said, that just seems sketchy to me. Yeah. Uh, Doug said that the promoter and all the officials that were there said that the rule was in fact said during the meeting, even though he said it wasn't. Um, he even said that the pace car driver at this point was saying that like that was said. So that he's saying the pace car driver flipped what he was saying once he got around all the other officials. Um, he was then told that he could have bought scuffed tires to race uh, again, although he says that was never true. Um, and then he later on in the video, he said that Landon obviously would have his meeting with, with the track uh, promoter. And he said that Landon told him that he was told the opposite. So Landon, uh, let me, uh, yeah. So he said that everything that Landon was told was opposite of what Doug was told. Right. Which is, um, Doug said that the track was worried about him having fresher tires, which Doug said was irrelevant since he wrecked his car. Um, he said that, uh, the track promoter also said that the track did not have enough staff to relay the message to drivers and teams, um, which Doug shot down immediately and said, it's your responsibility to figure it out. Um, and then to close out his video, he said that he's struggling on deciding to return to Hickory rightfully so, because this isn't the first time he's been um, uh, screwed by the track and, and their management. So um, when I was watching his video, I was like, okay, this sounds like everything Landon said. When he said that Landon got told the complete opposite, it was basically, you know, they told Landon that they messed up and all this other stuff. And I guess told Landon that it was never said in driver's meeting. I don't know what, what's going on. Obviously they didn't say it. And then they turned around and said that they were, but for him to get like, he was like, I got lied to. <laughs> and like, they want me to come back and race and, and all this stuff. He's like, you know, I wasn't racing for a championship there. I don't usually race there for points. I, I, sh paid thousands of dollars to show up and just race and they tell me that i can't race that's shit. he's like because i pay all these people i pay to go i have to pay for all this equipment you know what i mean it's just like so and this is why super late model racing is dying well in, in or short track racing is in, dying. in landon made that very point you know he said i agree with the rule it would be beneficial but it has to be written down it has to be communicated properly but he's like at any rate on a saturday night there should be no drivers turned away no he's like especially with the with with where we're at in short track racing and the point that you just made, nobody should be told that they can't race. So it's just... Uh, uh, let me... I, I'm going to... I agree with that, but nobody should be told they're not allowed to race if they're within rules. Like, as far as, you know, like you have certain specifications you have to have on your car as far as, like, you know what I mean. But if you... But 
I guess his point is, it's my point too, is that if you can, if you are qualified to run the first race, you wreck out, and then this happens, nobody should have been turned away. His, yeah. I mean, they built, they rebuilt his car. Um, was he on fresher tires? Yes, but he even said it would not have made a difference. To try and clear up what I was trying to, no, I get what you're saying. But, you do, but, but, but yeah. So, say like if we're at Mount Lawn, and they're like, you know, to Dakota's point, nobody should be turned away. I 100 percent agree. If you show up, you should be able to race. But if car shows up and doesn't have a cage in it, yes, turn them away. Yeah, like obviously stuff like that. But I mean, like if you have a car that's caged and you know you have. Everything's within the rules. Yeah, to start a race, sure. And I, but I, I think that is the stupid. You know, it's like okay, especially in Doug's situation, he's like, my car's wrecked. Like, I'm not gonna. And it's not like his cars are outside of the written rules. the The issue here is the track saying they said it during drivers' meeting, although it's not a written rule. Um, the track saying they said it, drivers and teams said that was never said. There's a recording of the entire meeting, which I have yet to watch, but I would assume that if all these people are saying that it wasn't said, it wasn't said. Um, on the flip side of that, though, I think Mount Lawn and other tracks around here have issues with that where they have a hard time following their own written rules, right? Or they make up rules on, the on, on you know, on a snap of a finger and then now, it's I understand rules. there are certain situations where that has to be done, but I feel like it, that's kind of abused. But this, but yeah, yeah, I agree. But this, this situation is like you show up to race. Um, you're not told that if you, you know, had, if you weren't told that there was a 20 lap minimum on tires. If that's the case, they want to bust their butt to get the car fixed to go or, back out on track. Like, like Doug said, you know, they said that I could have bought scuffs. Well, if nobody told me that. Because Doug was like, I would have done it on the grid. I would have changed my tires to be able to race. Like, it's not like I'm going to go out there and win this race. Like, my car is junk. Mm-hmm. Landon's car was junk, but mm-hmm. they got it back together to race, and they're like, you can only start and park. Doug's like, what's the point of racing? So, I don't even think he did start and park. I think he just said, screw it. You know, I'm, I would have. I'm packing my I'm going I home. I would have parked it. I would have got out of it while they're on the grid, left it on the grid. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, I, I don't know. Pull a Josh Williams on him. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I would be human too, so I don't know. It's been a week for us. It's been a couple weeks for us. It's been a week, it sounds like, for racing. Yeah, I mean, there's stuff everywhere. Um, But I think that's it. I don't got anything else. Good to be back in the studio. Hopefully we uh, keep things on track from here on out um, as we start to gear up for race season. Um, I need to get out here and get some work done. If it would just warm up and stay decent. I think that's why I'm feeling sick. It's like we go from being like 60 degrees down negative two, and then it's just like... Stupid. It sucks. But, but. Anyway, I think that is all that I have, and if that's all that you have, we will see you guys on the next episode.